The Jewish faith makes many a bold claim about God's nature, unchanging and in a state of complete unity, simple yet omnipotent. He is unknowable, yet he is aware of us with complete omniscience. In other words, he is a godlike being. But how is this known to us? Is it simply a matter of faith, or did he leave us the clues to discover all these things about him? I'm Avi Cohen, and this is Jewish Thought Flow. Hey guys, welcome back to Proving God's Attribute, which is episode 2 of Jewish Thought Flow. This is episode 2, part 2. In the previous episode, in the previous part of the second episode, we spent time telling you what is the Jewish belief about God's attributes, a bunch of the different attributes of God. We explained them a little bit. In this part of the episode, I want to go and demonstrate that the truth of these attributes in a rational manner so that the truth of them is obvious to the thinking mind, and one does not need faith in order to believe in them. This by no means, the truth of, of the attributes of God is by no means dependent upon the proofs. If you f- are failed to convince by the proofs, you still always have the fact that God told us this is a case to fall back on, and our faith to fall back on. This is just trying to add to that, create more depth to one's experience, his Jewish experience, to bring that which he knows by faith, into the rational mind. Okay, so here is the, here is the proof. So I'm going to need you to close your eyes at points, to like picture things that are not going to be physical. You're going to have to picture concepts, which is a little more difficult. Uh, please take your time in this proof. You can pause it. You can pause for thought. You can continue later. This is going to be pretty complicated, but hopefully I'll go slow enough and try to explain it as best as I know in order that anybody can understand it. Okay, so imagine any concept in your head. Okay, pick a concept. We're going to go with the concept of a vessel, and I'm going to explain a little bit why we went with that concept. But you can do any concept in your head. It's probably easier if you pick the concept I'm doing because I'm going to go along with it. So, okay, the concept of a vessel. So what is the concept of a vessel? If If you have to describe the concept vessel in a sentence. So I would say it's defined as a thing which holds, right? That's what a vessel is. It holds things. So a vessel could be a cup, a bowl, a plate, a box, a storage container. Those are all vessels because they're all purpose. The purpose of all of those is to hold things. So the common denominator between those disparate objects and even disparate concepts, the common denominator concept is that they hold things. Every single one of those holds things. Okay. The reason why we picked this concept is because it's relatively simple. Now, by simple, I don't mean easy to understand. By simple, I mean not multifaceted. Why do I say that? Let's look at the particulars of vessel, right? So we said there's a lot of particular vessels as opposed to the concept vessel. What is a particular vessel? A cup, a bowl, a box. Those are particular vessels. So in those particular vessels... They are made up of many concepts. Why? Because you need ways to differentiate each particular vessel from another. So let's take the cup and the box. So they're both vessels. They are both vessels. But if you had to describe a box, I'm going to put it in this sentence. A box is something with flat bottom and walls. And that's what a box is, right? Flat bottom and walls. Generally, those walls are in a box. If you're describing a box, let's assume it's a specific type of box. Those walls are generally uh, uh, straight up, right? They're not at an angle. It's a, it's a square. It doesn't have to be always in a square shape, but it's, it's straight walls and a flat surface. That's what a box would be, okay? 
What's a cup? So a cup is usually circular, right? It's circular. Um, it has a specific liquid retaining substance. That's what it's made of, right? A cup can't be made of cardboard because the, the, the cups are made to hold liquid and liquid would spill through the, through the cardboard, right? So boxes can be made of cardboard because a box has nothing to do with what's holding inside the box. Box just holds things. But a cup is more specific. It holds liquids. So it's made up of, so each one of these things is made up of more concepts. So if I had to describe a cup, I would say a cup is circular, made of a specific liquid holding substance and handheld, right? You need to be able to hold a cup in your hand. Part of the definition of a cup because it's a handheld drinking utensil, right? A box, there is not a drinking utensil. It's not handheld. It can be very large. It just has to have walls and a flat bottom. Now, each one of those concepts, though, are made up of other concepts. So like a cup, again, is circular. That's a concept. Spe- specific liquid retaining substance. So substance, liquid, retaining are all concepts. And handheld is going to be another type of concept. Why do you need so many concepts? Because you're going to want to separate the cup from the box. So the box also has cups. Flat bottom, walls, those are also two concepts. A vessel, though, is much more simple because it contains so many particulars, it can't be complex itself. So what do I mean by that? What makes a a box and a cup uh, uh, similar to each other? What's a common denominator? They're both vessels. Because a vessel is one concept, something which holds, a holding thing, right? So thing is not a separate concept because thing is the thing, and then all, the only concept it has is that it holds, right? But that includes boxes, just not the particulars of box, but it, it includes a box because a box holds, a cup holds, a bowl holds. So it's a very, very simple concept in, in, in the sense that its concept is more abstract. It's only one concept. It's not made up of a bunch of little concepts, and it holds much more concepts within it. The concept vessel can hold an innumerable, innumerable amount of particular types of vessels, right? Okay. Now, within this relatively simple concept of the vessel, there are actually two distinct concepts. So even though the vessel is as simple of a concept as I can think of, or at least one that I like to use, there are more simple ones, but you get more complicated. So this is the simplest complicated, sorry, the the simplest simple uh, concept that I could come up with, which is that it's a vessel. But even in that, there are two distinct concepts. And I'm going to show you how these two concepts that exist by vessel, even though vessel itself seems to be pretty simple, actually exist by any concept you're going to be able to think of. And we can play it out. But any concept you're going to think of is going to have these two sub-concepts within it, which make up, makes, up, makes it up as a concept. So what is that? So let's focus on the vessel. So the two concepts in vessel is that which makes it a vessel and that which makes it exist. In other words, what it is and that it is. What it is is a vessel, and that it is is that it exists. So let's focus on its vesselness. What do I mean by its vesselness, which is not a real word, but that which makes it a vessel? So this is what makes it a vessel, as opposed to the color blue, or the height, tall, right? Tallness is a height, blueness is a color, uh, a density is a, uh, is a uh, I don't know what it is. But it, it's another concept, right? But vesselness is not any of those things. It's a unique concept from that. So the vesselness is the content of the concepts. In other words, it is what makes it a vessel as opposed to anything else. So that's what it is. 
Okay, that's one concept of a vessel that we know of, the concept vessel we know of. Half of that concept is what makes it a, a vessel. The other half is, is exi- its existence. This is what makes it here in reality, in a state of existence as opposed to non-existence, i.e. we can say the vessel exists. If the concept vessel did not exist, we would have no concept vessel. From the fact that we do have a concept vessel shows us that it partakes of existence, right? The vessel exists, but those are two disparate concepts. Now, you may be thinking, how do I know that its vesselness and its existence are two separate concepts? Maybe its vesselness is its existence, because if it lacked existence, it wouldn't have vesselness, and its vesselness itself creates its existence, meaning maybe the fact that it holds things is enough to provide for its existence. It doesn't need another category called existence in order for it to exist. How do I know those are two separate concepts, not just one concept, with which automatically means both? Maybe they're identical. Maybe its vesselness is its existence. So there are two easy ways to dispel of such a notion. Okay? Let's go through them. There are only two options, right? Existence is either identical to vesselness or it is different than vesselness, right? It It is either the exact same thing or something else. There is no middle ground. It's either the same or different. Now, if it's different, then those are the two concepts of existence and vesselness. Because if it's a different concept, different means another. Another is two. Those are two concepts. You have the vesselness and you have existence, which is different than its vesselness. Now, if it's the same, then maybe they would work. But I can prove to you they're different concepts. Why? Let's pick a diff- let's pick another concept, right? So let's pick liquid, right? Liquid is a concept different than a vessel, right? You might even say it's almost the opposite, right? A liquid is being held and a vessel is what holds. Yet the concept of liquid also exists, right? Does vessels exist any more than liquids exist? No. The concept of liquid equally exists to the concept of vessel. However, liquid and vessel are clearly distinct. They're clearly two separate concepts. Nothing in vessel indicates liquid, and nothing in liquid indicates vessel. Yet, they both exist in the exact same way. Existence is found equally by both the liquid and the vessel. This shows us that existence is neither the concept of liquid or vessel, because if it was the concept of liquid itself, it couldn't be found by vessel, because liquid and vessel are different. If it was the concept of vessel itself, it couldn't be found by liquid, because liquid has nothing to do with vessel must be it is something neither liquid or vessel and therefore it could be found by both of them if it is neither and is found by both of them but it is something different that means both of them are made up of two concepts there's liquid plus existence makes up the concept of liquid vessel plus existence makes up the concept of vessel as it is in existence and the concept of liquid plus existence makes up the concept of liquid as it is in existence Now, I'm going to introduce you to a philosophical term, which some of you may know, some of you may not know, but if you read uh, philosophy books, especially older ones, they'll always talk about this term. Accidental. So accident, in our world, generally means when you trip and fall, that's an accident. But why is that called an accident? So an accident means that it doesn't really belong there. It's not inherently there. It's by chance there. So that's why we call it an accident. Oh, it was an accident means... It happened by chance. It 
it is not always like this. It happened accidentally, incidentally, right? So an accident in philosophy means that when one thing is an accident to another, it means it's not part of the essential existence of that which is an accident to. It is rather accidentally associated with it. I'll give you an example. Let's take a blue chair. I'm big into blue chairs. We spoke about it last episode also. So a blue chair. Okay, blue is an accident to chair. And chair is an accident to blue. Why? You can have chairs that are not blue, which means the essential nature of chair has nothing to do with blueness, because if you can have a pink chair, that means chairs are not essentially blue. And you can have blue things which are not chairs, right? You can have blue tables. So that means blueness is not essentially tied in with chair because you can find it in other places. However, you can never have chairs which are not chairs, and you can never have blues which are not blue, or blueness which is not blue. That is because chair is essentially linked to chair, and blue is essentially linked to blue. It is the thing itself. So the difference between an accident and an essential connection is an accidental connection means it happens to be this way, but it doesn't have to be this way. Blueness happens to be connected to the chair. It happens to be a blue chair, but it doesn't have to be this way. The chair, though, has to be a chair. That's, why, that's what it means it's essential. So when we say existence is accidentally attached to liquid or an accidentally attached to vessel, what we mean is it's not part of the core definition of vessel. Because existence is also found by a liquid and a liquid is not a vessel. So if it was part of the core definition of vessel, and it's also found by things which are not a vessel, then that means those things would have to be a vessel, but they're not a vessel. Okay? Now, you might be thinking in your head, well, wait a minute. By the blue chair, there are other things that could be blue. The chair could be pink. So if existence is an accident to vessel, then where else would vesselness be found? Meaning, can vesselness be found without existence? And I would say, yes, it could. It just wouldn't exist. Meaning it would be found in a non-existent reality. It, it would be a vessel of non-existence. In other words, vessels wouldn't exist. That means the concept of non-existence is accidentally attached to the vessel. If vessels do exist, that means the concept of existence is accidentally attached to vesselness. The fact that we can coherently say vessels do not exist, and we know what that means, right? Well, vessels do exist, so, so that's not what it is. But if I say, like, uh, flying monkeys don't exist, I know what that means, they don't exist. I know what non-existence means. So if vesselness didn't exist, then I, w- I wouldn't have access to the concept vessel. So it would be hard for me to say vesselness doesn't exist. But I can say a vessel doesn't exist in this room. And that would mean the accident of non-existence as it pertains to this room is attached to vesselness. Vesselness does not exist in this room. Well, actually vessel because the concepts don't exist in space. So vesselness would exist anywhere. But a particular vessel could not exist in this room. The fact that vesselness, the concept, does exist means it is accidentally attached to existence as opposed to being accidentally attached to non-existence. Okay. So this is one way to dispel of the notion that vesselness itself is existence because existence is found by liquid and liquidness and liquidness and vesselness are not the same thing. Okay, here's another easy way to dispel of such a notion. This might be even easier. Existence means to partake of reality. That's what it means. Vessel means to hold. These are clearly two distinct concepts, right? Partaking of reality is not the same concept as holding something. Holding something is not the same concept as partaking of reality. There's nothing about the concept of existence that will create the particulars of what a vessel is. If you just have existence, you'll never learn about the, ve- of the concept vessel. 
If you just have vessel, the concept vessel, and you only had that, you wouldn't have the concept of existence. We have no way to think about this because we only think about things in existence because we exist. But the concept vessel itself has nothing to do with existence. Therefore, in order for existence to attach itself as an accident to vessel, vessel must already contain some form of realness. Because in existence there is no vessel, then in order for existence to attach itself to the vessel, which itself is external to existence, the vessel must be real in some form in order to have an attachment to existence. Which would mean it's real, but real doesn't mean exist. Non-existence is also real. It really doesn't exist. Existence is not the same as real. Well, not in the way we use the term. We use the term real and existence as being interchangeable. But we're seeing here that since vesselness has nothing to do with existence inherently, yet vesselness inherently is a thing in order for existence to attach itself to it, that would mean that vesselness is real, just not existing. Okay? This is obviously going to be the case in all concepts. All concepts will both be what they are and that they are. They will both be the concept meaning it'll be a chair as opposed to a table, and will also be in existence. Those two concepts are fundamental ingredients to any concept we know of. It's going to exist because we wouldn't know about it if it didn't, and it's going to have a particular to its concept. It's going to be something that negates other things. It's going to be a chair as opposed to a table. It's going to be blue as opposed to red. It's going to be something as opposed to something else, and it's going to be in existence. Those are two separate concepts which make up what we think is one concept. So in the, in the concept vesselness, there are actually two concepts that without either one of them, we wouldn't have the vesselness that we know of. Without the concept vesselness plus the concept existence, we wouldn't have the vessel, the concept vessel that we like to know of, which is the existent concept of vessel. I seem to be talking a lot. What's the problem here? You may be thinking, where are we going with this? What does this have to do with God? Let me tell you the problem. The problem is as follows. This is going to be a repeating pattern, right? Let's take those two concepts we have just unearthed, right? Existence and vessel. So we said any concept we know of is always made up of existence and then whatever the concept is. So let's keep with the vessel, existence, and vessel. Now, if we look at both of these concepts individually, we will find that each one also has to have their own set of two concepts. Existence, okay? So existence is a concept. That's one of the two ingredients. Existence is a concept. It means to partake of reality. And it also partakes of reality. So in other words, in other words, existence has a what it is, that which makes it a concept, meaning that which makes it existence as opposed to vesselness, and a that it is, that it is real. Now again, you may be thinking in your head, maybe existence means both of these things, right? Existence both is the concept and is itself as a reality. It both is the concept of existence as opposed to the concept of vessel, and it also is existence itself. Well, let's check that theory out. We've already demonstrated that existence and vesselness are unique concepts. We just previously demonstrated that. Yet they're both real, right? They're both real. We both we know of both of them. Therefore, whatever is making existence and vesselness real cannot be existence. Because vesselness, as it is distinct from existence, contains nothing of the concept existence, right? Existence, as it's attached to vesselness, just makes us know about it. But whatever is making vesselness real and whatever is making existence real 
is not existence or vesselness itself. It must be a third concept. In other words, vesselness must have a realness that is unique from the concept of existence, and existence much have a re- must have a realness which is unique from its own concept of existence, because that realness is equal by vesselness and existence. Because existence itself is different than vesselness. But they're both real. They both have the same underlying reality. So if existence is different than vesselness itself, yet shares a reality, that reality must be different than the existence which makes it different from vesselness. As you may have guessed, this will keep going on forever. Any concept you can think of is going to be, by definition, made up of two distinct concepts. It's always going to be what it is, which means what makes it different than something else, and that it is, and the that it is is always going to be the same that it is as the other thing. Every concept will, by definition, have those two components. That which makes it real, and that which makes it unique from all other concepts. What it is, and that it is. And even if it's the only concept in the world, it still has those two breakdowns. It still is going to be real, and it's still going to be what it is that would make it potentially different than any other concept. Meaning when I'm describing a concept, I must be saying something. I must have some content to it. The concept must have a content, and that content will also be real. That realness is not the same thing as its concept. Because if you add another concept, it would also be real and it wouldn't be the same concept. Because anytime I say a concept, I'm by definition negating something else. When I say blue, I mean not red. When I say purple, I mean not pink. And not blue and not red. When I say cheer, I mean not table. Any concept is by definition negating some other idea. That other idea is also real. And the realness of concept A is going to be the same as the realness of concept B. The concepts are going to be different. And therefore, each one is going to be made up of two concepts. Those two concepts are, again, going to be made up of their own concepts. So what's the problem? Well, the problem is as follows. If I were to say it in other terms, I would say that in order for a concept to exist, it needs two other concepts to exist. Any concept needs two other concepts, what it is and that it is, that which makes it a concept and that which makes it real. Those two other concepts are each going to need their own two concepts, that which makes it what it is and that which makes it real. It's like building on quicksand. Even an infinite amount of concepts will not help us because no concept could be the first concept. Because by definition, every concept just needs two other concepts. So an infinite amount of things that won't work is not going to help me have what I have now. The fact that I have any concept today should be impossible. Because every single one of these concepts is built on two other concepts, which by definition need two other concepts, which by definition need two other concepts, and you'll never have a concept which can start it. By definition, no concept can be responsible for the chain of concepts because each one needs two other concepts besides for them. Okay, this is probably something you have to listen to a couple times. I'm going to put the outline in the notes. I might put it as a transcript. It's tough. You have to think about it. Please email me if you have any questions. It took me a ton of time to to understand this. Um, Me giving it over is probably even worse. So it's going to take time. Uh, Don't feel frustrated. Please email me if you have any questions. What the solution to this problem is, what this has to do with God, will be the topic of our next installment, hopefully the final installment, but maybe not. Uh, Since this topic is very complicated and it's so fundamental to our understanding of God, it will span over a couple weeks. God willing, we, we will conclude it, though, at a certain point. I hope you're enjoying it so far. As usual, any questions, email me. Please subscribe. Please share. Thank you for enjoying.